Columbus, Colorado. This is the USA Volleyball Show. And here are your hosts, Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode of the USA Volleyball Show. If you didn't know, you know now that we are the official podcast of USA Volleyball. I don't know where the whisper came in. I don't know why I did that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, don't I like it. I got my headphones on now, so we're we're good to go. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we did. Well, I did the intro. It was great, and then Steven said, "Pause, pause, pause." No headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Take good two. Time. Take two was great, though. I like rookie. <laughs> I know you think seventy. What are we on? Seventy nine episode seventy nine. Eighty episodes in, you think I'd get this down, but. Still learning, still learning. Yeah. But yeah, how are you doing? How how's the week back uh from uh Thanksgiving break? Week back from Thanksgiving. Holiday. Um had a pretty chill Thanksgiving. Um I haven't had that many days off in a row in a while, so took some extra yeah. days um before we had our Thanksgiving break where offices were closed. And then um I gave my teams a couple of days off too for the Thanksgiving holidays. So it was really good. I didn't go home for this holidays this season, but um not for holidays, but for Thanksgiving. Which kind of kept it simple, did a little cooking, a lot of good stuff, but it just, it felt so good just not to do anything. Uh, yeah. Like, I forgot how that feels. I'm usually like, I had to go, I had to do something. Okay. Okay. And like, mm-hmm. I like that, but not doing anything and just resting the way I needed to was just, it was just amazing. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, thanks on Thanksgiving, like everything's closed too. So like you have, yes. have nowhere to go anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, it I had snowed. a great little bit too. Yeah. It did. It did. We did get some snow. Uh, my family came in town for, from the holiday. So that was fun. Uh, my brothers got to meet Teller for the first time. So that was, okay. oh, first that was great. Teller. Okay. Yeah. First Thanksgiving with Teller, you know, having a baby just makes the holidays so much more fun too. <laughs> Take your word for that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Tess, Tess and I aren't big decorators. Like uh, we still haven't put anything on our walls in our house, uh, <laughs> but for the holidays, especially like, we're just not, we're not really big decorators. Like we like the holidays fine, but uh, just not big decorators. And you know, uh, you got your presence decorates. Exactly. You know, yeah. The same way. Like a, yeah. A lot of the people in my complex, they have like all these lights up and you see trees and I'm like, man, you got to take this stuff down sooner or later. <laughs> but, so. Yeah. No, but yes, I still like yes. Was it yesterday? No, Sunday. Sunday we went to the store. We we're just gonna get like a couple things uh, to to decorate and you know have fun with Teller uh, during Christmas time. Okay. Yeah, we filled up. We filled up the whole cart. Just I look at you. Just, just, just pulling things off the cart. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Teller, yeah, definitely mentality around there. Yeah, babies. The babies make a uh, make the holidays a little bit more fun. But I did want to do one shout out. Uh, we had our holiday or our turkey bowl for the for the staff. And congratulations to podcast producer Curtis Ward on getting the turkey. And I think got a got a gift card to to the to store to get a turkey. Curtis, could you pop on? Did you actually get a turkey with that? Or what would you spend that on? <laughs> so I still have the gift card and thank you for the shout out. Still have the gift yep. card. Um yeah. I'll use it for uh, the holiday season for sure coming up because I'll be hosting Christmas this year with all my oh, there family. There you go. So, nice. There you but go. But yeah, because it hadn't been won in so many years, they decided instead of actually buying a physical turkey to give as the award, they just buy a <laughs> gift card just in case so that we don't have turkeys <laughs> in the <laughs> freezers. Freeze it. Turkeys yeah. in the office freezer. <laughs> 
Turkey's hard, man. Congrats on that, too. That last one was really good. Yeah, thank like, you, uh, thank uh, you. For, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Curtis is a professional bowler. He's one of those that just you know spins it just directly every time. Yep. And if you try to do it, it doesn't work. You don't know how he does it. He does it. He gets a turkey. That's Curtis for you guys. The Please. trick: shaking hands with the president. <laughs> That's the trick on the release. <laughs> No, that was that was a really fun was a lot event. Of yeah, and shout out to the social committee for setting that up. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't go last year. I wasn't at the Turkey Bowl last year. I think it was the first one I ever missed. But it was good to good to get back to it this year and and see a lot of people too. See a lot of new mm-hmm. uh, staff members too. Yeah, we got many faces. Person. Yeah, a lot of faces. But that was fun. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Great catching up uh, with you and and hearing about your Thanksgiving. Uh, and how that went. I'm glad it was chill and low key for you because, uh, like you said, that's always nice. Yeah, especially leading up to Mount Classic, where we're all going to be there this weekend. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later too. We'll yeah. talk a little bit about Mount Classic. But excited that we're going to be on site for that all, all together. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. All hands on deck, baby. Let's go. Let's go. But let's just jump into the episode here. Uh, and and before we do. Uh, if you missed our last episode, be sure to go back and check it out. Episode 78 featured U.S. men's national team middle blocker Taylor Avril sharing his volleyball journey and the ups and downs he faced to get where he is now. He also talks about the importance of mental health for athletes, the the fun he's having with this podcast, the tallest podcast on earth, what it would mean to him to earn a spot on the Paris 2024 Olympic team, and so much more in that episode. Listen to it now wherever you get your podcast and watch it, watch the episode on the USA Volleyball website or YouTube channel. And really quick, just want to give a shout out to Taylor because uh, in that episode, he talked about kind of the struggle he's having with getting overseas and, and playing club pro volleyball news. He is overseas. Now he's in Poland Mm -hmm. um, playing for, I used to always think it was project Warsaw, but I, I think it's project Warsaw. But congratulations to Taylor Avril for uh, for getting that contract with uh, that Polish club. And good luck to him uh, competing overseas, too. Yeah, I'm sad I missed my chance to, to to practice with, you know, a national team athlete. But, you know, when you get back, if timing's right, I will take you go. on that offer. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump into it. Here's <clears throat> news with Hughes. All right, first up, congratulations to Chase Buttinger and Miles Evans for winning bronze at the Beach Pro Tour Challenge in Chiang Mai, Thailand. The duo have now won back-to-back medals on the Pro Tour, so shout out to them. Three claps. I don't know why I did that. I was lame. Anyways, the U.S. men's and women's national teams are getting settled with their pro teams overseas. Be sure to check out the weekly updates on USA Volleyball's website and social media to stay in the know and follow their pro club seasons. Love watching international volleyball. So fun. Yep. After that, probably the biggest news update in the world of volleyball right now. The USA Volleyball Show is headed to the AVCA convention <clears throat> and the NCAA championship in Tampa, Florida. Steve Ein. How excited are you to not be in the snow this year? How excited are you? I'm so excited to not be driving that part uh, too. We would throw a blizzard. (laughs) I don't know what I've done. But yeah, it's going to be a little warmer there this year, which will be nice uh, Mm -hmm. because it was it was it was cold last year in Omaha. But 
it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to get back to this event. Uh, and of course, returning to the final four too, the NCAA final four and the championship. I, I just, I'll just never get over that first pit stop. We took in like the middle of nowhere for gas. And it's just like snowing sideways. <laughs> yeah. All of us are just like, it's going to be worth it guys. It's going to be worth it. I was it's like, I was like this worth. close to saying, Turn around. I think we got to. I think we got to go back. I can't. I can't see anything out the window. <laughs> it's just white. Oh man, that is crazy. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Tampa. Hope you welcome us with open arms. I cannot wait. Stay tuned for our guest lineup and uh, content while we are on the ground. And um, we are definitely very, 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 very excited to be back this year too. So can't wait to see you, Tampa. And. Speaking of the NCAA, the 2023 NCAA Division One Women's Volleyball Tournament bracket was was released this past Sunday. Here are the highlights. The top four teams receiving the one seed are Nebraska, Stanford, Wisconsin, and Pittsburgh. Four teams that are making their first ever tournament appearance are Coppin State, Grand Canyon, Omaha and Wofford. The longest hiatus belongs to Eastern Illinois, appearing last appearing in 2001. Wow. That's awesome. What a, what a year. <laughs> what a year. Also, like Eastern seeing Illinois. 2001. Yeah, seeing 2001 doesn't feel like it's 20 years ago, but yeah. <laughs> Why would you say that? that was a long time? That was a long why time. Would ago. You, why would you? Why would you even? <laughs> why, why would you even go there? Anyways, <laughs> moving on from that, <laughs> Penn State is still the only team to have earned a berth to all forty-three championship tournaments, followed by Nebraska and Stanford appearing in all except for one. Follow along all the action on USA Volleyball social media. And for more on all the latest news, visit usavolleyball.org. Going back over to Steve. Like I do really quick. Uh, do you have uh, any predictions for the oh, 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 for the tournament? Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, or what? Or do you have a final four pick? Let's, or let's go like final four. Okay. I got Nebraska. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of that top left, upper left bracket. Coming out of the upper right bracket, clearly Wisconsin. I mean, those are my top two overall. Um, all right. All right. Let's check these lower brackets here. Lower right bracket. Ooh, this is hard. Careful. Careful. This is really hard. <laughs> You want to? You don't want to upset a, a recent guest we we've, we've had. Oh, you're not gotta go, Tejas. Hey, huh? You're not gotta go, Texas. <laughs> okay. All right, I got Tejas. Okay. Okay. Her recent guest that is, that is comedy. She so did have far. a feature. She had a feature on the uh, um, on the selection show. It was great. She did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, congratulations to Asia O'Neill on that. That was awesome. And Texas mm-hmm. for for getting that top seed. Uh, or not, not the, the second seed. Sorry, they were second in that bracket. I feel like the lower left bracket is going to have the most upsets. I just, I don't know. I got a gut feeling of that. I got a, I got a, I got an upset in this, in this bracket. Oh man. It's going in my, it's going in. We're, we're aligned on all the others that you, that you mentioned. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning. Okay. I'm looking at it now. I see Louisville. I see Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh man. I don't. Yeah. And Creighton, Creighton's had some success in recent years. Yep, they busted my bracket last year, but it's okay. I'll forgive you this year if you want to pull it through. But um, <laughs> gosh, I think I I gotta go Pittsburgh. I go Pittsburgh. Sorry, I'm Pittsburgh. So 
So is that all? Oh, no, you have Texas beating Stanford. I do. Uh, in that one. So, yeah, I have Nebraska, Wisconsin, Texas. And then I have Washington State. What? They're Washington State. State. They have been ball this season. And the the reason I picked them is because in our conversation with Asia, she mentioned she wanted to match back up with uh, Washington State. I don't think they would be. No, because I don't have them moving on. Um, They wouldn't match up. But she said that she uh, because they lost them early in the season. She wanted to match up with them again. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think a little bit of an underdog maybe. But, um, yeah, Washington State making it in my final four bracket. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess we'll see. Who's your winner out of everything? Who's your champion? Who's your national champion of 2023? Yep. Yep. Uh, I think I actually picked Nebraska last year. Uh, You know, Omaha home field advantage. I thought they'd make it. Um, But I'm No, I'm going Nebraska again this year uh, (laughs) to win the national championship. Uh, And I have Nebraska and Wisconsin meeting up in the final. And I believe Wisconsin was the only team to beat Nebraska this year. I could be right, but I'm pretty sure that's right. That's what I have to, I mean, if I'm being honest, I mean, uh, I don't know. Actually, I might have, you, you said you have Nebraska beating Wisconsin? Yes. Yep. Okay. I think I have the opposite. I have okay, the opposite. Right. <laughs> okay. Got the Badgers. All right. I have, I, I have, yeah, I got the Badgers because, I mean, Ooh. they're having a good season. Nebraska really barely season. beat them and then they played again and didn't Wisconsin like 3 0 them. Wisconsin is the only team to beat them this year. Yeah, I think that's uh-huh. the only. Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be a lot of red in the national championship, no matter who wins. But Ooh, yeah. We'll go from there. All that's right. going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to see how it all shakes up. And, and those matches, I believe, start this week. I think the opening rounds start this week. They start. Could be 20... next week. Uh, the 30th. Yep. They start on the 30th. Yep. First and second cool. rounds are November 30th, third uh, December 1st, and second if needed. Then we have regionals through December 7th and 9th. Semifinals, uh, which are your final four matches on December 14th, where the podcast mm-hmm. will be. And then we have the championship right. match on December 17th, where Curtis and Steven will be. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Uh, hopefully, you get the get good seats again. <laughs> Best seats in the house, man. That was insane. I think we were on TV a couple times too. I think so. We were like, diving in, like right in front of us uh, to save a ball. Uh, we were we were caught on TV. That was fun. But yeah, it's gonna that be a lot was... of fun. I can't wait. Um, this bracket's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I uh, do want to give a shout out to Grand Canyon and. Um, uh, assistant coach over there, Jeff Liu, who used to coach, uh, former coach, assistant coach with the U.S. women's national team, mm-hmm. uh, was with them in Tokyo uh, at the Olympics. So congratulations to Jeff and Grand Canyon on getting their first ever tournament appearance. That's really cool. Uh, excited for them in that program. But I think we've spent a lot. We've spent a lot of time. I'm sure we'll have more conversations about NCAA bracket as as things shake up. But we got a we had a great episode that we got to get to. We do. So let's really kick things off. Yeah, let's 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 start it up here. Uh, we have a great conversation lined up with UCLA volleyball head coach, uh, women's volleyball head coach, and U.S. women's national team assistant coach Alfie Rep. Uh, 
Alfie shares his volleyball journey. Uh, he talks about how he got into coaching. He also talks about his first season with UCLA, uh, the excitement looking ahead to the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. And he also gives us uh, his go-to karaoke songs. But you're going to have to listen to the interview coming up right now. So here is Alfie. Alfie, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, great to see you again. I'm excited to catch up and learn a little bit more about you today on this episode. But uh, I think to kick things off, let's start with a little fun one. Uh, I think we've heard that uh, you enjoy some karaoke. Uh, would love to hear more about that and maybe some other interest hobbies you have off the court. Uh, who, who's lying to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I, I really do actually. Um, like music has uh, always been really close to my family. Uh, my mother, who is from the Philippines and native of the Philippines, uh, she actually like you know, her whole family. They were just musically inclined in bands. She was actually a lead singer of her own female band. Uh, oh, cool! They came out to America uh, to tour, and that's uh, how she ended up, you know, making her way here and meeting my father. And so, music is like always been around our family so till this day like i don't know during the holidays or when we have a random day off karaoke is like it's blaring in my house my mom's actually like put me out so i'll come home some days and she's just like singing i'm like oh my gosh like oh i love mom i gotta watch film like let's let's calm it down a little bit (laughs) yeah one song then you can watch film yeah (laughs) yeah i need that um i i love it um honestly it volleyball and volleyball has been a tremendous pathway for me like such a you know it, it's been my life up until this point but music's always been uh there second after and so um i grew up playing the piano and the organ at church and just was always always involved with it to some degree so do you still play any of those instruments uh i do i mean like leisurely we have a piano at our house and you know it's it's like a real like um I don't know. It's just like an escape for me. It's a nice yeah. way to kind of decompress. And so sometimes I'll get on the piano and just play a few songs, but um, nothing like, you know, I'm not playing for, for a crowd or anything by any means. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. From not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, right. how have we not uh, done done karaoke at, at some of our BNL trips that we've been at together? Yeah, some of that. Yeah, when, when, my, when I see you and you make the call, if I can find an hour, I will jump out there and, and <laughs> we'll find that hour. We will. <laughs> so can you or do you do you just like blow the room away when you're singing karaoke or are you like me that kind of like sort of matches a pitch, but it's not really that good. But, you know, you kind of. Yeah. Away with I, the dance moves. You know, oh, I feel like you can actually yeah. blow the room away. I don't know. I got to put me on the song. OK, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. Like I, I know how to sing. So, I mean, I, again, my family is. Super fine. My husband is actually a voice coach, so he's like, "Oh, a, cool! He's a classically trained vocalist." You're cheating. This is this so, is just the cheat code, <laughs> as it is. I mean, so, like, I'm, just saying, I'm not saying that makes me a great singer, but uh, you know, like I'm, I'm a curious. Like I, I love process, so I've taken some lessons with them and taught me some things. And um, so, you know, I wouldn't say I'd blow the room away, but I can, I can. I can sing. I mean, I can sing a song. His uh, reviewing film is actually doing some vocal lessons. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's exactly. reviewing vocal he's at, film. He's looking at karaoke film. <laughs> yeah. yeah What's what? Yeah. We actually, we actually give all of our film sessions to our teams in song. We break out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like some great, uh, a great content idea. We're, uh, we're all in this together. <laughs> reviewing film, the musical. Uh, it, yes, it is. That it is. Just 
That's awesome. Always thinking about content. Always thinking about content. Yeah. Uh, what's your go-to song? We got, we got to know this or, or maybe a genre Um, that you, that you like. Yeah. You know, I like, um, a lot of Gavin, uh, DeGraw. So he, Oh, so cool. Just have like a little bit of a rock sound, but, um, and I, I actually gravitate a lot towards also just like musicals and like classical voice because I, mean, I think there's a lot of technique behind that. So that's what my husband does. So he's always like, hey, let's sing this song from, I don't know, what musical? And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> kind of like duet. And so, yeah, I mean, I can go the rock route or then it's like straight, like classical sound. So. Okay. Yeah. Clarence, what's your go-to karaoke song? Yeah. I don't think we know that. I don't think I know that. <laughs> it's actually, I like to sing more. The shallow. So. Oh. Ooh, way to bring that up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like a couple of years ago when we were, when uh, GJNC was in Vegas uh, at their newer convention center, um, Stephen signed uh, me and my boss, <laughs> Christy Cox up for <laughs> some karaoke in front of the entire Western area that was happening there too and we had to sing shallow of all songs to pick we picked <laughs> that one instead of something upbeat but it was a great time it was a great introduction <laughs> i need to do right, that that's the first one we thought of yeah we're gonna have to hold a session together we'll oh I, it's not gonna sound great on my end but it'll be fun i'll tell you that but right. but my go-to song is actually so sick by neo yeah oh there you go great i think we know some John Legend. I don't know. You have Ooh, I can't. Ooh, I, I can't. I can't disrespect John Legend like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Stephen, I think we know yours, but I do want to ask just so we can get a refresher, just in case it's changed. You know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Friends in Low Places. Uh. Garth Brooks. I've done that mm-hmm. several times. I actually did that uh, with the men's national team uh, a few years ago. Uh, after they after one of their competitions here in the springs, they they went to a, a karaoke bar across the street. Or it was karaoke night at the bar and uh yeah. did sing that. Uh I also I love singing um A Whole New World. Uh Really? That. I okay. love that. Uh my friend uh MK and I did that back to back nights <laughs> at a at a at a bar at a, for karaoke. <laughs> oh cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, you know, range of music. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I enjoy karaoke. Uh, I, I can be a, a little bit of a shy guy, but, but, you know, put a mic in front of me uh, as we see here yeah. on the podcast and then I, I get after it. <laughs> it. I've definitely done um, uh, seasons of love. You know, I like musicals Ooh. too. That's been not my best work, but it was, it was enthusiastic. <laughs> well, doing it, you know, like that's where you gotta, you gotta bring the emotion on that song. So. Yeah. Awesome. I love we're this conversation. This, we're this, this is great. Yeah, this we're is a great opening to this. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Um, you guys, I mean, talk about hitting it. Like, I'm like, right up the bat, man. That's how I'm in the springs. We're definitely karaoke. No, yes. Care. And if if you do make it to ABCA, uh, because that's why we're doing this podcast Ooh. now, is because you're not sure if you're going to be there. But if you do make it, let's find a karaoke bar one night. You have to I'm come. Going there, to there's no, there's no maybe. You have to show up now. <laughs> I'm going just for the karaoke. I'm there. We go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, really quick. Because uh, you mentioned your husband, and, and I want to get to your volleyball background as well. But would love to hear how you met your husband because he sounds like a very interesting guy too, uh, being a vocal coach as well. Yeah, yeah. Not a volleyball player. Like I knew nothing about volleyball or the sport. Um, we met in, which is great. 
we met in 2013 and he was doing his grad work here in LA at Cal State LA, uh, his F- MFA. So it's master's in fine arts. Um, and so, yeah, we met, um, we met through friends and then we ended up, you know, it was pretty, I don't know, hap- happenstance, I guess, like just was it? Yeah. I don't know how to even explain all that, but it was pretty happenstance. Um, met here in LA. I was still on the national team at the time and still training. And so uh, I was just kind of neat crossroads in both our lives. I think where we were, I was transitioning out. I was kind of done playing and starting to segue into coaching at the time. And he was finishing his master's degree. And so it's a kind of a, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal guy and just, um, I, I look back on that time and think, wow, I don't know how we ended up meeting, to be honest. Um, but it's been it's been great. He's been such a huge support for me, like through this, you know, through my transition to uh, into coaching, and then obviously been with me at all my coaching stops. And it's just my biggest supporter, and uh, he's awesome. He's a, he's a really fun guy. So big volleyball fan now too. Knows too much about volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate when I come home from games and he's like, oh, a little like off timing. I'm like, stop! Don't talk about it. I want to know who spot that is. See you later. Teach him dash. You're right. He's seen enough volleyball to know. So. That makes me think of like the dad, the dad who like gets into the sport that you're playing and (laughs) and starts to lecture you about the sport that you're playing. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm like, hey, be careful because I'll start talking music with you. I'm like, why? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) We can go. We can go both ways with this. Exactly. You got to You got to be able to dish out a match pitch. We can match pitch. That's that's it. That's it. Oh man, what's your husband's name? Uh, his name's Ryan. So Matthew Ryan, Ryan, but he goes by Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Ryan. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that story. No. Uh, I thought you were going to say a karaoke night is, is how you guys met. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish that were the case. I mean, that happened very shortly after. Um, but yeah, I, I wish that were the case. It was through us. And that sealed the deal. Probably he heard your voice and yeah. <laughs> I, I can coach it. It was gossip sealed the deal for me. I was. Okay. In the, we were in the car and I mean, I was, you know, oh, yeah, this guy's great. Yeah. And then she started singing in the car and I was like, whoa, like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I think Clarence, like you said, like not just somebody that's just singing at karaoke. I was like, oh, he can sing. Like he yeah. can actually sing. And so then I was, you know, naturally like curious, just like, hey, what do you, and so after learning that part of him, it's like, he's, although not an athlete, uh, it's been pretty amazing because he's, um, you know, he's pursuing his best and what he does. Yeah. And, um, and that's, you know, really neat parallel to see uh, how there's a lot of correlation in what he does mm-hmm. to what we were doing as athletes or now coaches. Yeah, so. I think that's really cool. It's like the best of both worlds. And, you know, you know, volleyball and, you know, music are both very, very popular. But, you know, you know, just to share those own uh, perspectives and, you know, learn from each other and, you know, balance that out too. come from two completely different worlds. You know, I think it's really cool how it's like, worked out and you guys both yeah. kind of share that. <laughs> No, I appreciate that, Clarence. He always he always says, you know, he's like, hey, you got your athletes or when I was playing, you guys are performers. You know, you're on stage, people come to watch you. Like, I mean, you have to perform. And I mean, maybe it's a little. There's some nuance that's different there, but I thought that was always a neat thing to say. It's just, uh, yeah, like we we practice, like they reverse, and then we have to go out and perform. You know, mm-hmm. so some neat parallels there. Yeah. 
I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I love yeah. love. So love, love hearing about how people met. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for asking, Stephen. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, let's, let's dive into your volleyball background too. I guess we'll talk about volleyball. I yeah. Guess. I guess it's a volleyball <laughs> podcast. I guess we got to hit that. Uh, let's uh, yeah. How were you first introduced to, to the game of volleyball? Yeah. So when I was um, growing up, I grew up in Oxnard, California and um, I was my mother and father uh, were a part of a religion or a community, a church community growing up and um, great community of people. And in that community, there was a lot of sports, like just a lot of like athletics going on. And so every Sunday after church uh, got out, uh, there was like a generation just above me, like maybe four or five years above me that were all like, it was like basketball, volleyball. I mean, it was like every sport you could think of. And so it was like, you just knew on Sundays, you, brought your extra clothes, your tennis shoes. We had, it was all on this asphalt, you know, and after church got out, everyone was like, it was teams. And it was like, I mean, it was competitive. It wasn't like, let's play for fun. <laughs> These people were like getting after it. So from a young age, I'd like, I, you know, after church got out, like all the people you know, I idolized because I was so young and they were all a generation older, like they're all playing. And so I just saw it. that They were playing volleyball from a young age and, I'd sit on the sidelines for years. I mean, probably from the age of five to like nine. I mean, they maybe let me hit the ball a couple of times. Like, <laughs> now you're too young. Like you can't do it. And, you know, you got to wait till you're older. So I was always like pining just to like get my chance, you know. Uh, so I'd sweat shag and every chance I got it, like hit the ball in that, whatever. And, uh, and and to be honest, like it was a, like for a church, it was a pretty good level of volleyball. Thinking back on it, you know, like, sounds like it. That, we're just playing in high school or whatever. And so I was introduced to the sport then, um, which was such a gift because, um, yeah, it wasn't like club volleyball. It wasn't anything like it, it is today, but it was just a love for the sport and these like gnarly competitors that would just get after it. And I mean, like, like these are church people, but they're like fighting through the net. Like, you know, so it was, it was pretty neat to see that coming up. And so from a young age, I, I saw the sport and I saw what competition looked like pretty young. Mm -hmm. So when you started to, you know, actually be able to, you know, get reps and play the game, you know, get further introduced to the game, when did you realize or when did that like <clears throat> hook factor come into play where it's like, you know, hey, I'm kind of good at this and I can, you know, figure and make a potential career out of this at, uh, at some point? I think there were several stopping points and like, you know, um, just markers in my career where I, I think I actual there was actualization of like what i could do at the next levels but the very first understanding about like one i love the sport and two like i don't know i just was kind of good at it i was really young actually maybe like in the fourth or fifth grade and i used to go and play with my older sister my have an older sister who was four years older and she was on the varsity volleyball team and so naturally my dad was like ah oh, like tag along with your sister you're gonna go watch her practice and mostly so he didn't have to watch me probably mm -hmm. but uh, so I would go to her practice uh, every day after school, and it happens a lot. Uh, it's mm -hmm. kind of the same thing. So I was doing it at church, and then I'd go to her gym, and I put on my knee pads and just like hope that like they'd let me play. And the varsity coach eventually was like, "Hey, get in the drills." And I I can remember specifically, it was kind of like a coach on one type of drill, and him hitting balls at me like hard, new young, and I was just like passing it and it was like easy you know like not easy but i was like oh like okay i can do this and that was like my first actualization as a young kid i remember it was like i love the sport i love the feel of this and i'm like 
pretty good. You know, I can be pretty good at this. Uh, so that was, I think that was the initial uh, understanding. And then I'd say, um, like, understand that I can do this at a high level. Again, every, every level is like, there was a moment in high school, a moment in college, but, um, just different like points in my career and people that were put in my career, I would say that helped me realize like, Oh, you can do this or have that conversation with me. And then, um, me growing into that certainly. So I don't know if there's one moment, uh, on the larger scale, like you can touch on those if you want. I don't know. So. Yeah. I guess take us through like your, your volleyball journey. Did you play club volleyball? You mentioned high school. Um, yeah. Take yeah. us, take it, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, in the eighth grade I played, that was my first year playing club volleyball. And I think I was 14 years old. And then I played on a 16 and interesting. We didn't have a, um, uh, age group for my age. Um, and there's a small club in, in Ventura, California, and it was perfect for that age. But then the next two years I didn't play because, uh, it just got too costly for my family. And so we just couldn't afford to do it. Uh, but that wasn't such a big deal. Cause I was literally playing volleyball like every day, you know, at church and like with friends at the beach, um, my high school team. And then, uh, when I got into my junior year of high school, decided, uh, I needed to find a way, like I knew, like if I wanted to play in college, I had to find a way to play clubs. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'd fundraise a lot to make, uh, to be able to play. My parents helped me do that. And um, the high school coaches who were phenomenal, like would create these car washes so that they, we could just play volleyball. Um, so I played my last two years, still not really thinking about col- collegiate volleyball. Um, just, you know, I was a setter back then. The Libro position wasn't um, in play just yet. It was I'm dating myself here. But uh, yeah, there was no there was no Libro position. I always forget that the, about that, that that didn't exist, you know, forever. <laughs> I yeah, say it just over yeah. my head. I was, yeah. Yeah, no, I, we're pretty far from it. So it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. But um, it wasn't until my senior year in the spring of club that the position came into play. And then. That year, I was playing club volleyball at Club Santa Barbara. So I kind of like elevated. It was a really good club team with some of the best players in the area. And I was playing Libero that spring. Um, so I had already got accepted to go to school at UC Santa Barbara. That's where I decided I was going to go to school. I hadn't really thought about playing volleyball, to be honest. So just like, all right, I got to go to school. I don't know if this volleyball thing's going to work. Uh, but I still put on the club team and my senior year, uh, lead, literally the spring leading into the fall of freshman year of college, the coach at Santa Barbara at the time was Kenny Preston. He called and was like, hey, uh, we think we want to give you a tryout, you know? And I was like, great. I'm like, awesome. Like, I'd love to try out, you know, like, cool. And so I go through the whole summer and kind of, you know, in practices, uh, team practices with guys and we get a tryout and make the team, I think it was one of like, or two of maybe like eight guys that made the team that year. And so kind of clawed my way on the team my freshman year, redshirted, trained, but didn't play any matches. Uh, but then through that year, I was like, wow, it was one of those moments where like, you know, I was in it and training hard and realized, oh, I, I, I can battle with these guys. And I was watching the rest of the country come through Santa Barbara, you know, teams, UCLA and Hawaii. It's like, I can play with these guys. And so I stayed at Santa Barbara my second year, uh, my first year of eligibility, was like a DS that year. Um, and then I was fortunate enough that those coaches at Santa Barbara were like, you need to go somewhere and play. Like we have a guy here that's playing ahead of you and he's going to be the guy. And they were really honest with me. Just like, we think you need to find somewhere to go. Um, that's really good. It was pretty like, cool. You, you know? don't hear a lot of programs doing that. To that is cool. Being that yeah, transparent with people. 
It was huge. And that was a really big moment for me now as a coach. I think back to that a lot, like just that transparency and what that meant to me. Um, and that was, you know, that was Todd Rogers specifically. Todd mm-hmm. Rogers was my, okay. uh, he was our assistant coach there. And the team had gone on the trip to Hawaii. I, I didn't go on that trip. I didn't make that trip. And so he was like, I think it's it's time for like you to start looking. And I, that was kind of the, cat, the catalyst to me. Sent some film out to different coaches and uh, landed in Hawaii. And uh, that was a real pivotal, like a marker and meet on the sand that really, I think, turned my career in a different direction. Um, And Hawaii was great. Three years there. uh, What a place to land. (laughs) A great place to land. I mean, I went out there, didn't go on a visit, guys, like literally just got on a plane, was like, this is what I'm doing. Like, you know, I was all in and um, I had great coaches (laughs) there, great support staff, had a battle for starting spot there and was able to do that. And then, uh, you know, three years later, was fortunate enough to, you know, earn some awards, and the national team had taken an interest in me. Um, again, through that time, it wasn't just me. I had some really pivotal people. Carl McGowan, uh, you know, like Carl McGowan was one of our yep. my mentors when I was there. Was with our team, and he was instrumental along with my staff at Hawaii with just like elevating my game and and then introducing me to like, hey, I think you might want to think about playing on the national team. And I was like, I can do that. Like, wait, what? Like, it was just like, so it was just kind of step after step. And you know, my first summer in Colorado Springs with USA volleyball was 2000 and 2005 for a world university games team. And that was like mind blowing because I was training with our one team, but also alongside our men's national team. And so that was really my first introduction to like, now I remember, um, you know, at the time, just like Jimmy Polster and Dave McKenzie, and they're just like guys that were yeah. on the national team that I knew. But like, whoa, this is it was a different level, and so um, that was my first introduction to USA volleyball. Shortly after that, graduating from college, um, I was invited on the, the men's senior national team immediately. I actually didn't want to play, and I won't forget this conversation. It's crazy. I thought I was done playing after college, um, and so I'm on the phone with you uh in hawaii and i'm like yeah i don't know like i kind of want to just get into this coaching thing like i'm ready to start my coaching life and he's like alfie i come out here for a month just come for a month and you gotta just like give it a shot and see and um i was like all right cool like i'll come for a month you know (laughs) and month turned into the summer and then the summer turned into going overseas and yeah and that was there was like i was playing volleyball and it was the best thing i mean those are just moments that stick out of my mind which you know, real pivotal conversations and mentors and people that kind of stirred me and not necessarily told me what to do, but asked the right questions and um, I think guided me through a lot of my journey. So I'm super grateful for all of those touching points with some really incredible people. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, that specific transition, like what it was like to, you know, transition from college to, you know, that national play level. Um, you know, I know it's a, uh, you, you talk, you touched on it a little bit as well too, but just like more so on the endurance side, more so on, you know, what it was like mentally and even adjusting to, you know, the people and athletes that you were around and meeting at the time. Yeah. I mean, the first word that comes to mind is just, it's the most humbling experience, right? Like you leave most, you know, I left the collegiate game and I, I can't speak for all athletes, but I imagine this is pretty true. You meet the collegiate game and you're, you know, you're the top of the mountain and you're like, I'm, you're on the national team for a reason because you did something well in college, but then you get there and 
you know, um, it's, it's, it was probably one of the more challenging things I've ever done in my life um, in terms of just mentally, physically, and like being able to stay in it long enough. And uh, because it was, it was so the margins at which you operate are so thin at that level. And mind you, to set some context, I had stepped onto a team in 2005 and six, a national team of men that were, had been together the Lloyd Balls, Tom Hoffs, Ryan Millars. These are players that, were multiple, uh, you know, time Olympians and had been really in, in the thick of things professionally and, and gunning for a gold medal. Like that's all they wanted. And so I came on the team at a pretty hot time. Um, and the stakes were high and the standards were really high in the gym and you felt it every day. So it was, it was a very, very big gap between where I left Hawaii and then what was expected in the national team. And, um, but also within that big gap, there was a ton of room for growth. And so, uh, it challenged me mentally. I think, um, again, like the, what I wasn't used to was how, how on you had to be, how like precise and how, um, I know just at sheer execution at that level and doing it for a long period of time and doing it, then doing it six days a week, you know, it was like, you could be good for a day or two and then maybe like medium, you know, in college and, that was fine. But on this team, it was, it was, it was serious. And the guys at the time, I mean, it was a great culture. They let me know if you weren't up to par, you know? And so that was just a complete jolt into a new world. And, uh, there was a lot of adapting quick. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was challenging, but, uh, I think it took about a couple of years, honestly, to, to understand the rhythms of the national team and how training was and, just how we operated. And then on top of that, going overseas and playing was, you know, a whole nother thing. So it was a lot of new, I mean, it's mm-hmm. same sport, but a lot of different parts to it that you have to navigate and be able to compartmentalize and certainly, um, and then stay healthy, you know, like be able to come back and like balance out your life and leave the gym and do it again, all again, the next day. So. You mentioned, yeah, after your collegiate career that you were, ready to transition into coaching uh but your conversation with Hugh McCutcheon kind of changed that he got you out and you know you mentioned you know a week turned into a or a month turned into a summer summer turned into forever (laughs) uh but yeah what what kind of kept you there was it the you mentioned the culture with the team you mentioned some of the guys you were playing with what playing overseas like what what kind of kept you there with the national team I think immediately it was just this pursuit of being like the best really with that specific group. Um, there was, I mean, I think my love for the sport was still there. Um, it wasn't that I was burnt out. I just, I didn't know what the national team really was. And I think once I got there, it was, um, it made it very clear to me that it just unlocked part of me that was meant to be there, you know, like to the battle, the grind, um, you know, the challenge of trying to be the best in the world, um, that it showed me that that's who I was and that's why I stayed, you know? Um, and so I think that I didn't know that I couldn't know that until I got there. Um, and maybe there was some fear involved with going to the national team out of college. You know, there could have been a number of things. I got to think back to that, but I think once I got there, it was like, this is the place. I mean, at least in hindsight, this is what I say. This is the place that's, that's going to grow me. I don't think I knew that as a 22 year old, but it certainly, I was, uh, attracted to the challenge of what was happening in that game. And, um, I think that's, 
part of my DNA is like, I'm going to kind of run at the harder things. <laughs> and that seemed like probably the toughest thing to do. And, uh, and of course in a sport that I love. So, um, yeah, it was, I think that's what kept me there. That's a great question, actually, to be honest. I don't know that I've thought about that really that in depth on like what kept me there. I just know that like whatever was there, it did keep me for a long time. So. Mm-hmm. Do you recall like maybe one of your, you know, more memorable or favorite stories, uh, you know, from the years of being on the team? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if we're talking about in the gym, um, my favorite time in that gym had to be like the lead up into the 08 Olympics, into Beijing and challenging because, you know, obviously I, I did not make that team. I was an alternate on that team, but also uh, it was palpable what that team was set out to do. And I mean, the gym every day was, it was um, as cutthroat as a, of an environment as I've ever been in. And I mean, in a good way, I mean, the guys, you know, again, we, from a very early part of that quad meetings and objectives was to go win gold. And, um, and certainly that week, uh, I remember, um, you know, missing a tip <laughs> six versus six drill. And, uh, I mean, guys are playing for their lives is what it felt like. And, you know, Tom Hoff, who is somebody that, I revere and just one of the best captains and one of the best players to play the game in, in our sport, but was a tremendous captain and a leader for us in that quad. Um, looked at me in a very stern <laughs> way and uh, and maybe with some stern gestures, but was basically just told me like that our lives depend on you picking up that tip. And I just remember that moment like, and I had only been there for maybe three years at that point, but these guys, this was somebody who's been in the gym for 12, 13 years and had a different urgency that he was operating under. And I just, I don't know, like in the moment I was like, holy crap. But, you know, in after practice and wow, how cool like that guys that I'm in part of an environment and, in, and uh, not just a part, but like helping an environment, like really, truly like do something meaningful. It just felt that way. And so, mm. um, you know, that's probably one of the more special times. And there's a lot of them with USA Volleyball. There's been so many great moments with that particular group. And that part of where I was in my journey was like formative to be a part of that team. So that's a cool moment because, yeah, yeah, I mean, in your shoes, that could be a scary moment too. you know, someone like Tom Hoff, like looking at you like that. But flip it and you you realize that he'd been on that stage before. He's been at the highest level and uh, has found success there. And he knows that that, that tip could be the difference of yeah. a, an Olympic medal. Uh, you know, right. Right. that's insane cool amount of pressure. Oh, sorry, Clarence, go ahead. I'm just saying that's just an insane amount of pressure. You know, like you it, said, it was. I mean, you better believe me. I, I was like, you know, there's probably some some liquid coming down my leg at that point <laughs> but uh you know the cool thing about tom and i'll you know i'll love up on him a little bit it's just like he would be the first to tell you you know hey great job but he don't you know like and he's the first lifting you up but also was always the first to tell you when you had to be better and yeah. the team you'd be better and that's why he could be those sort of things and that whole team was that way boy ball was the same way you know like these are guys that just I mean, for me, we're so instrumental in seeing in my young playing career, um, looking at how they led and how they, the, you know, the way the professionalism, the way they showed up to the gym every day, it was, there was so much um, meaning and purpose behind it. And so it's, 
it was truly a gift looking back to be a part of that. Thank well, you for uh, sharing that. Yeah. yeah thanks. That's, thank that's, you for sharing that. That's awesome. I don't think I was expecting that, that answer, you know, a lot of times we get like, you know, winning, you know, a big championship or something, but that little or something, or something off the court related to it. And yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of, you know, kind of memory base where people, you know, you traveled here and this happened or this and that too. But I think that's, that's a very unique, you know, take. Thank you. Yeah, no, there's plenty of those too. Plenty of times with the team off the court, but like, that's always one. Uh, you know, I talk about a lot of like these markers and, you know, mapping down playing or coaching just pivotal moments or defining moments. That was one of them for sure. That changed my perspective on a lot of the sport and how I operated and all that. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, kind of bringing it to present day, you're you're now the head coach at UCLA. Um, this is your first season as a collegiate head coach. Is, is that that's correct, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, what what attracted you to UCLA? Like, what brought you there? Was it that them reaching out? Was it you reaching out? How how that how that happened? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's I think it's a little bit of both. Well, I guess the hard facts are they reached out to me and not to like, yeah. but they did. <laughs> That was, you know, I was fortunate enough to be a part of something really good at San Diego. And, um, you know, we were on a run and uh, the job here opened up. So they reached out and, um, you know, I came in an interview and accepted the job. But I say that very shortly because uh, UCLA has always been really close to, like, my heart. Um, yeah, growing up an hour north of here as a young kid, like, in our volleyball community, we would come to UCLA games. This was the place you'd come to watch matches. So I grew up watching a lot of women's volleyball here. I watched the men's teams. Uh, obviously, they've had a lot of great teams over the years. So it's it's been a place that was really close to me. I felt really familiar with. So I say, like, yes, they came after, you know, they certainly reached out to me for the job. But it had been a place that I had been you know, certainly eyeing and kind of keeping on tabs for a while. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, a neat thing that worked out for sure. How's your inaugural season going? And, and, and you know, you mentioned some of the coaches that you'd had in your volleyball career that had a big impact, uh, on, on your volleyball career, but have you brought anything like that specifically to, to this position now as head coach at UCLA? Yeah, I think there's snippets of every, you know, influential coach that I've had from juniors to college to the national team and even still being, you know, with the national team. I mean, there's, I think it's a, it would be a disservice to the journey and to all these people to not pull from like the wealth of experience and just goodness that I got. I've been so fortunate to experience in this sport. And so uh, it's almost every day that I think of what would, you know, what would Carl say to me in the gym right now, or what would, you know, what would John who's down the hall, like how would he handle this? <laughs> or what would you say? Or, you know, just a lot of different, um, you know, all of these influential um, pieces and and not, not just those people. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to work with assistants and coaches in the collegiate game that have been tremendous in their own respect. So uh, I, I pull and draw on a lot of that um, while staying really grounded with, you know, who, who I am and what I bring, but also like, I think all those, all of those experiences have certainly influenced me and prepared me and, um, make me feel pretty good about where we're at here at UCLA and what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Can you chat a little bit about the the differences um, between, you know, being an assistant coach and being a head coach, you know, at, at the college level? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, the biggest thing is like 
not the decision, the decisions are yours. Right. And so, um, I think as a head coach, um, you know, it's not just, or I should start with being an assistant, um, you know, and not, I can't say attest to everyone's experience, but mine was certainly a volleyball role. I was a trainer in the gym. I helped with recruiting. And so you have these, um, departments that you're in charge of and the manager of, but, um, I'd say the biggest thing is as a head coach, um, everyone, it's not just your athletes, right? It's your staff. It's, uh, these ancillary parts of the department, your marketing, your uh, social media, you know, your athletic, athletic training, like all of them need something from you. And so just, I think the biggest thing is making sure that, um, operating with them in mind and knowing that, um, you know, I, I have to provide something uh, for them on the daily and make sure that I'm accessible for them. It's probably the biggest thing for me right now. Um, and so that's where I'm at in my first year is like really making sure I'm attending to all these um, parts of our program and making sure that it's, it's starting and it is formulating and moving in, in uh, one direction, I guess. <clears throat> you mentioned uh uh, marketing and social media. Uh, I saw a great video, the UCLA women's team, uh, doing their impressions of you. Uh, <laughs> and they're specifically, we're talking about the pa or in, the, in a blocking drill. I think it, I think it was, but yeah, could you, I don't know, speak to that a little bit. It seems like you have a great lit relationship with your, with your players there. Nah, they're, they're great. And I thought that video was so funny and it was really accurate, actually. Um, <laughs> you know it. I mean, and I think anyone that's played for me uh, could, can laugh at that video. But, you know, now I have a very musical background. So I, the game to me works very rhythmically, you know, and so there's sounds and like, you know, metronomes and timbres that I hear when I want something to happen. And so my brain goes quickly to that. Like, if I want to sound cool. We kind of teach of course we use cues and all that but sometimes it comes out that way that seems to be the one that sticks with everyone the most so. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's always funny when, when your players get to you know kind of mock and impersonate you too like i i coach club in high school too my high school girls love mocking me and impersonating me i'm like this is this what you think of me all right it's fine yeah, yeah. yeah. on the line i'm just kidding right i love that so it was a fun piece they did a nice job with that i didn't know it was coming out i got a, a good laugh at that <laughs> so i mean what's been your favorite part of you know your first season so far honestly like it's such a i mean it feels like there's so much on the table like really like mm-hmm. the plate is always cool every day and i think um and i really mean this like just our group has learned to just lean into like, like being in that you know our staff or players alike, uh, because everyone knows where, you know, UCLA has been phenomenal and, you know, in the past and certainly the last few years, I think, you know, we're trying to bring it back to a place where, um, where it once was, and that takes, you know, some heavy lifting. And so I think just that's the beautiful thing about sports, uh, team sports is like when there's that actualization of like, this is why we're doing it and what we're doing and everyone's in, it's, it's just such a fun thing, whether you're winning, losing, like, and the purpose is really clear. Uh, I think that gets really fun. And so I'm experiencing that now in this group of athletes and certainly our staff who's been in it. And he, uh, I know we genuinely enjoy, I think every day and the challenges that come across and, just yeah that's that's been my favorite part i guess is the process not to sound cliche but mm-hmm. last year you were with san diego and, and helped coach them to the semifinals at the national championship uh have you had a chance to reflect on that experience or yeah what are some of your takeaways from from that or what sticks out uh from that experience for you 
Yeah. Um, you know, I would like I have Steven and it was just such a fast turnaround, to be honest. Like after uh, that final four, I immediately accepted the job here. So I think in my process of, um, you know, execution of like starting this program out, of course, there's a lot of reflection on my year at San and my time at San Diego and certainly the special year that we had there. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing was that I when I think back to that team was um, I think the staff and player relationship is so clean in regards to uh, our staff really meeting our athletes where they were at. And we had a really unique group in terms of like some transfers that came in, some players that had been there for four years. And so it was it could have been a real like hodgepodge of players. But I think um, getting clear, as I said earlier, on like a purpose of why we're here as a as a team this year and what we can do was really pivotal for that group. Um, and so we had to establish like a lot of groundwork for how we wanted to operate, why that mattered, and get that team to be a team very, very quickly uh, in the course of having some really big pieces and transfers come in. And so I think that was big, was like establishing that. And then certainly through the year, the maintenance of just meeting players where they were because we had you know a couple players that we had only had with us and pivotal players that we had only been coaching for a month or two. And so learning them very quickly was essential, um, both on the court and off the court so that we could have, uh, you know, maximize and optimize like relationships when we were in the heat of things. And I think that started to really like that trust that was built, uh, especially in our run in the tournament was established with a lot of time spent with those athletes off the court. And so, and, and I hope that, you know, that wasn't a means to an end because I think that staff and myself, I can speak for myself, we, sh- we genuinely enjoy I genuinely enjoyed that interaction with athletes. I think that's the human component of what's great about what we do. Um, but certainly, you know, it's easy to get away from that. Like, especially as a head coach now, like there's a lot of things that pull at you and like, you know, it's a meeting here and something here. And like, all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, you're a week and a half in and like, Oh my gosh, I haven't even like talked to that athlete. How is she doing? So it's just really prioritizing that. I think, um, understanding the importance of it and then certainly making the time for that. Mm. By no means am I perfect at that. I'm still trying to get better. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think uh I think it's a good time to <clears throat> take a couple steps back and just ask you, uh, you know, what got you into coaching? I mean, you talked about, you know, kind of wrapping up things on the on the college and during your time playing there of just like wanting to, you know, go straight into coaching. But like, you know, what what really just motivated you to get into coaching yeah i think um there's two major probably two answers to that for me it's a fascination with just process and like building something i think that's part of i've always had like this deep curiosity whether it's like playing the piano or like you know i'm in a in a practice like figuring out the equation of whether it's how to get this pastor or help her to be a little better or build an offense or whatever it is you know there's just so much problem solving involved coaching and so that's probably the first thing is that curiosity looks deep inside of me and um your coaching certainly satiates that mm-hmm. and then it's the human experience is the second thing like connectivity and nothing better than um working together and like really having to like invest and like put put yourself um you know into something with other people um there's just and i think that's why we exist as human beings you know like for the connectivity and understanding and so uh, volleyball and and it's just kind of an avenue to do that and i obviously love the sport those two parts are kind of how i uh, break that down in my head as to why coaching is 
so important to me. What's your really quick clients want to check with uh, Alfie on time. We got about five minutes on this call, but are you oh, good? Yeah, you guys, I have, I have about 15, I think. If you okay, cool. Yeah. We still, we still want to get to your time here with USA uh, as well, yeah. but yeah. I want to check with you on time. want to respect you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm good on time. You guys, you guys just, we can finish this off. And I have great. Not till 1130 is my next. Okay. Awesome. All right, go ahead, Clarence. Sorry about that. No, I, I just did want to ask a side note to that. I mean, just what's your coaching philosophy? Yeah, so mine is uh, relationships first mm-hmm. and then excellence inside and outside of the gym. I like that. So, um, you know, for us, like, we're going to be, our staff understand this, like, we're investing in these athletes as people first, first and foremost. Um, and then we drive and, you know, we drive the excellence from that. Um, but without that staple piece of like we've done the work to know who, who we're working with and they know who we are, uh, it's really hard to ask for the other parts. So um, it's it's certainly a relationship space culture here. Yeah. Has that changed since, you know, from when you first started all the way up until now? <laughs> I don't think it's changed. I think I'm just clear on it now. Like okay. I've always been a relationships-based coach, but I think, um, you know, I, I think it's it's just refined over the years, certainly. And um, and again, not to sound like transactional or this is why I do it, but like I get I do this because that. Now it's just I think it's just clear in my head and like uh, why why that's so important, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it ha- really hasn't changed. Because when I think back to my early days of coaching in Minnesota, I was, I just enjoyed people. I enjoy being with the team and like learning about them. And that's always been prevalent. Um, but it's just a little more defined now. So. I'm glad you mentioned Minnesota because I was going to ask you about that. And I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming Q was there. I don't know his coaching years, but was he the head coach there? Uh, so, yeah, he actually, that's why I went, he took the head coaching job there, but he okay. wasn't there with me. Um, he was still finishing his tenure with the national team and up into London. Okay. So <laughs> I kind of went in with, uh, an intern staff to like prime, if you, so to speak, um, the program and got there before him. But, you know, shortly after I was still pretty young, shortly after to realize I had more playing. And so that's where I, there was a break in coaching and I went back to the national team uh to finish off playing those years okay cool uh so yeah now i mean now you're with the national team coaching with the u.s women's national team um did i guess any of those like emotions memories kind of flash back to you as a player on the national team and are you drawing from that at all or is there anything special about that and kind of coming full circle a little bit with that yeah, a lot. I mean, certainly the first few days back in the gym, there was just a flood of like, yeah, you kind of compartmentalize and store some things and, and then it just kind of opened all that. And for the good, I mean, um, I think what's really special about this experience is um, for me now as a coach um, with our national team is, you know, I certainly had a lot of experiences as a player there and can um both good and and some challenging ones. And so it helps me to really empathize, I think, with our athletes that are there. Um, it, I, you know, can be a better coach, I think, for this specific, um, you know, 
this specific uh, group or this realm of like the national team specifically, I should say. And so that that's really neat to feel like that's come full circle. Um, it's also really neat to see the evolution of USA Volleyball and just the programs over time. And just so proud of like um, all of the people, you know, that have been involved specifically like for our women's team. I mean, I wasn't on the women's team, but I was always like all my friends played. And so it's really close to that. And just seeing how much um, heart has been put into the program. Not that that didn't exist before. It's just evolved really, I think, for, uh, into this really neat um, and powerful organization. And I think that's all been certainly led by Arch and then all the people that have put blood, sweat, and tears into this program for years, players, staff, you guys, like there's just so much. So that feels really full circle. And I, you know, I often will tell the team, like, this is really cool to be sitting here and hearing what you guys are talking about because I know, these weren't the conversations when we played. And so uh, just super proud of all of the USA Volleyball and, and the continual freight that we see in the program. Um, is there um, maybe a coach? It could be a you know, national team, co- collegiate level, you know, whatever it is that has, you know, really inspired you, you know, personally, professionally, uh, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I would say, oh, man. Probably the person, and I hate to say this because there's a lot of them, really, and I draw. Oh, yeah. it, it can be, it can be more than one person. Like, you know, like, no, yeah, I mean, you know, right now in in my journey, um, and this may be, uh, I should say this actually, not just right now. I think a lot. I'm not just saying this because he's my boss, but I think a lot <laughs> of Arch, honestly, um, and he's just. Um, there's so many things, just so many small moments now as a head coach that I'm like realizing, you know, so many thresholds you cross. Uh, and then I'm sure you guys have had many of these moments with him and anyone that knows Karch uh, knows that he more than anyone steps into a space and is completely in it with whatever he's doing, you know, and I think as I uh, attested to earlier, like being head coach, there's a lot of people that, you know, really need you and, and need your time. And when I watch Karch, even from a distance, I can't tell the difference between <laughs> whether that's like a really high priority like situation, or if that's, you know, it all is important to him. And that's the beauty of him and the level of consistency that he operates under and the care that he gives to everything is unmatched and that's why he's the best. And so I'm so fortunate that in my early head coaching career, I get to see one of the best, if not the best, doing it firsthand and really in it with him. So, uh, and I'm not just saying that because he's who I work with. I mean, I, I truly do think of that. Just like, what would he do? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine. Well, I imagine growing up in Southern California too. You you followed his career a little bit as well, and 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 maybe idolized him as a volleyball player. He's. I mean, he's the goat, arguably. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it must be so cool to be sitting next to him on the sideline, uh, coaching with him. It's funny because I, you know, like we have this, and I think he'd be okay with me sharing this story. Uh, we have this, when I got to the coaching staff and I've known Karch since, you know, playing, and uh, I always try to pick his brain just because he's, he is the goat. And uh, now coaching with him, you know, there was a learning curve of like separation, like, okay, I'm working with him, not like he's like this idolized figure. And, uh, and so I'd always, you know, every morning or when I talked to him, I always, you know, blah, 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 Karch, like, like hey i always use the name basically like hey karch like and tom and everyone laugh like why do you always say his name and i'm like you know what i think it's a cultural thing like in our culture when you respect someone you have to like utilize their name 
And so I told him that literally last season. He's like, that makes a lot of sense. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, just these things, but it is, it's um, because he's, he is like, he's, he's such an icon and has been, and really Stephen, yes, when I was a kid, I mean, me and my sister on Saturday, watch him on CBS and like whatever prime time, like the ABP was being showed on. And I, I remember watching him as a young kid. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, talk about full circle um, to be get to getting to work and learn from him and, um, and do something pretty special. You know, it's pretty wild. And my family is like still to this day, just doesn't believe that I <laughs> wait, you like call Karch. I'm like, yes, like we have, I mean, you know, call him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat. Like, and that's humbling too. So I remember like, you know, we're all just kind of all geeks growing up. So yeah, that's cool. I think it's pretty cool. You can share that like experience that you're, you know, still currently having with your family who's just all been immersed in, you know, the game of volleyball. Like, you know, like I'm the only one that plays volleyball with my family. So if I bring up car shit, you'd be like, who? Like what? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's too, yeah. so that's super cool. It is pretty, yeah, it's special. I agree. Looking, uh, I guess, looking ahead to Paris, uh, what's the, I guess, what's the energy around the gym uh, right now around the players? Uh, you know, obviously they're overseas right now with their clubs, with their club teams, but I, I imagine that you guys are still in contact with them every now and then. But yeah, what's the, you're coming off an Olympic gold medal. What's, you know, that I'm sure there's a, there's a target on your back. There's a lot of challenges to that. Uh, a lot of new players coming in and out of the gym, you know, uh, I guess, can you speak to that a little bit? What, what's, what are the preparations looking like so far? Yeah. I mean, I think we left the summer off on a really high note, uh, having qualified, you know, in Poland for the Paris Olympics. And, you know, the team has just been in it, I think, every, for the last few summers. And there's been certainly some change in personnel. But, you know, I think right now, um, it's a pretty, while they're overseas and, you know, certainly working focused there, like you said, uh, there is still a laser focus on like where we ended off. And I think, uh, the tone of the team was very, very hopeful for what's to come. And now I think they were playing some really good volleyball. Um, and the group hadn't necessarily been together for that long. So I think there's a lot, on, a lot of meat on the bone for when we get back next summer and hit the ground running. Um, so I think as what's been really great and, um, effective for our team, our national team, it's just like really being, and Karp says this a lot, uh, being where our feet are. You know, and so <clears throat> I think we did that this past summer. Uh, I think the players probably right now are just focused on getting better in their respective teams. And then I know when we come back, uh, come April and May, it's uh, it's a very hopeful tone for what we want to try to accomplish. Um, we have all the pieces as players. We have the pieces of staff members. I think we're we're all very excited for what's going mm-hmm. Paris. What's been your, your, you know, your favorite part about being able to coach, you know, the national team? Hmm. Um, it's a good question. Um, my favorite part. I think, I don't know if it's my favorite part, but I think what stands out to me the most is like the challenges really aren't that different you know, for an athlete in college to the national team, it's all relative, you know? And so players still battle with the same things. Um, and I think, so learning like, and working only just on the national team, you have these elite level players uh, experienced, obviously, you know, the Jordan Larson, the Kelsey Robinsons, we've been doing this for forever. Um, but still like, you know, 
are still working through similar challenges uh, as individual athletes and trying to figure out the equation because they want to be the best. They're trying to maximize performance. And so um, I think that's been really fun to be immersed in that every day with the team um, and with such high caliber athletes that truly are just deconstructing like any other athlete that I've worked with. You know, it's just um, the margins that they're working here are a lot slimmer. But no, process still remains the same. Um, and so that's been fun. I think there's a real rawness to that. And I just enjoy the grind of the everyday of like, we're just trying to be literally half a percent better here. <laughs> and the obsession almost that comes with like trying to get that right. And so that's, that's been, I mean, I remember that vaguely now as a player, but it's been, re- I'm reminded of that every day when I see these really amazing women come in and, just crushing work and, you know, day after day, that's an absolute joy to me. Mm. I guess kind of wrapping up here, would love to hear, you know, as a, as a head coach right now for, for UCLA, for any athletes out there who are looking to make that jump to the collegiate level. And there's a ton of resources out there uh, that they can find on their own, but I guess what's, what's kind of your big advice for, for an athlete, a young athlete who is looking to play at the collegiate level? Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of resources. Certainly there's a lot of volleyball being played. Um, you know, club volleyball is, you know, it's great. It's at an all-time high and certainly, you know, competitive level, I think. Um, for, for me, and I don't know that this would be the advice that everyone gives, but I think continue to find pockets of places to just find joy in the sport. You know, I think uh, we talked about purpose earlier and, um, you know, volleyball can certainly be a means to an end, but it's a lot more fulfilling, I think, when there's true joy and there's something that burns inside as to why you love this sport and why you play this sport. And so there's a place to play for everyone. You know, not everyone's, um, you know, top 5% Division One players, and that's okay. But there's a place for kids to play everywhere. And so long as I think that joy lives inside of you, then you can find somewhere to play and play for a long time. Um, you know, I do best probably the biggest thing. So, uh, Outside of all the regimented volleyball, find find ways to connect with the sport in ways that you love it. You know, it's playing with your dad, playing with your mom outside, playing with your recreation league. Like, it's a lot of ways to enjoy the sport. I'm going to throw one more last question in there. It's going to be kind of centered on the coaching side of things, too. You know, for my own personal interest, too. <laughs> what advice do you have for, you know, coaches um, who... Um, you know, are, are in the process or, you know, need to be, you know, that bridge to help athletes, you know, start the, you know, recruitment process or start that transition into college, you know, again, any level. Um, but, you know, on just overall, could you know, you know, use your take on, you know, the coach's support role in that. Yeah, I think take time. to. That's a good question, uh, Clarence. I would say really taking the time to listen and hear what your athletes um, are looking for, you know, and and ch- challenge them uh, to understand a better and a deeper layer for what they're looking for, both academically, um, athletically. I think when athletes can get really clear on that and not that at 15 or 16, they're supposed to have it all figured out by any means, but just doing the work of a better understanding of why, um, why they want to play here, you know, why they want to play in general. I think that helps um, create a better foundation for a launching pad for these athletes to direct and find direction for why they want to be um, hopefully less 
movement when they get into college because they've done the work really on to really understand what it, what matters to them. You know. <clears throat> Thank you for that. That's yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Awesome. This, uh, Alfie. This has been a incredible conversation. Great conversation. So thank you so much for, for spending the <laughs> time with you us. guys. No, this is fun. You guys are really good at this. Uh, it's, it's been an thank absolute, you. Oh, honestly, you create a really easy environment to just, Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you. Stuff. Yeah. Good job with the music. I think that's what got you guys. <laughs> we like to, we like to start with the fun one uh-huh. to kind of get people yeah, loose yeah. and comfortable. You now know. we just ask you to leave us with a quick, um, quick song. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, I got to warm up. <laughs> awesome thank you, thank you. And, uh, before we let you go could uh is there any uh where any place uh people can follow your journey you know social media uh of course you got the ucla women's volleyball account and and the women's national team account but anywhere you know personally that you'd like to plug yeah. in my instagram handle is at alfie raft um so you can find me there on instagram and i probably can be better with posting stuff but you'll occasionally see some things mostly my dogs and love um, that life, so awesome all right thank you so much and such great. a great conversation hope to see you soon too all right steven take care clarence thank you bye everybody you. see you all bye. see ya I always love talking to Alfie. He's such a great guy. Um, great coach, too. I, I enjoy watching him coach uh, the women's team. I've been to a few of their practices uh, you know, before B&Ls and, and stuff like that. And he gets out there. He, he can still ball, too. He can still play. Uh, and he's definitely still got that competitive uh, spirit uh, from, from when he was an athlete. But uh, great to learn more about his journey through volleyball and specifically you know, how he got into coaching, too. And yeah how he was ready to start coaching, you know, right after his career, uh, at Hawaii playing. And then, um, kind of Hugh McCutcheon kind of shout out to Hugh McCutcheon, former guest on the podcast, uh, called him up and said, you know, I don't think you're done. We want you in the national team gym. And, and, uh, that kind of extended his career and gave him a great career with the national team and, um, uh, was able to experience, uh, you know, fighting for an Olympic spot uh, during those quads too. And unfortunately, didn't make those rosters, but got to experience, you know, the energy around it. He talked a little bit about that too, the unique um, atmosphere that that created, creating or competing for those spots on the Olympic roster. Yeah. I mean, I think just since we're on that topic, I was going to, you know, go into a more, you know, lighter subject, but I mean, it, it still sticks with me, um, uh, you know, the comment that stuck with him, um, our lives depend on you getting oh, yeah. Up, yeah. being able cool. to, you know, go in and defend that. And, you know, it shows the amount of trust that, you know, the national team athletes, you know, have with each other, how competitive the environment is and how, um, it's the accountability of it too. Like, yeah. How, how just abruptly not abruptly but you know just come confrontationally you know accountable you know everyone's health and like but these are the standards that it takes to be the best in the world and right. you know from there it's just it's, it's it's insane but just to hear from that you know and, and coming from such a a personable person personal person <laughs> lol but i mean you can really tell that he really focuses on relationship-based um just everything when it comes to coaching when it comes to yeah friendship when it comes to everything there too i mean him just talking about how he connects with all of his athletes on his roster as a coach you know i've i've, I've experienced coaches and i 
you know, seeing coaches at the club level, um, not necessarily on the college level, you know, don't, don't, don't know a lot of coaches there, but um, coaches aren't taking the time to, you know, check in on their athletes and get to know them and, you know, use that, you know, knowledge of them, uh, you know, on that level to help apply it to their game and connect with them all around. And he definitely makes effort to do that and even recognizes when, you know, he hasn't done it for a week or so when he's busy being head coach. Like, it's OK, coach yourself some slack, but it's it's insane the amount of heart and love he puts into, you know, the game of volleyball tonight. I, I love that like to the fullest and, you know, anything he has to say advice wise and his style of coaching is, is definitely something that, you know, I'd love to try my best to either mimic or, you know, make of my own too. And, you know, that goes for more coaches across the board, but he's doing amazing things. And I really appreciate it. You know, just being able to listen to that. Yeah. Like, I mean, Alpi's the kind of coach that you want to play for. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, but just everything you just said, that's the, that's the coach you want to play for. That's the, the program, the system that you can get behind, uh, you know, just the relationship base of it, uh, I think was so cool. Um, uh, unfortunately, UCLA did not make the tournament this year, but, uh, Alfie had a great season with UCLA yeah. for a season. Um, and you know, the program is definitely looking really good under his leadership. And I loved hearing, you know, things that he was going to be taking away from his past experiences, coaching, you know, with Minnesota, with uh, even just last year with uh, the final, making the final four with San Diego too. And, mm-hmm. you know, his whole tenure there drawing from that experience. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing what he can uh, do with the UCLA program. And it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, excited that he's there too. I know he, he had said he had his eye, you know, on UCLA for, for quite some time. So glad that he got that call and then, and then glad that he's there. And, uh, he's got John Sparrow down the hall too. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll have to all catch up over some karaoke for all over in California at the same time. So uh, maybe, do, yeah. maybe we do a live podcast on the UCLA That'd campus. Fun. I'm just saying. You know, oh, whoa, 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 that'd be really cool. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, hopefully we did this interview now because we weren't sure if he was going to be at ABCA, but hopefully he's at ABCA and we can catch up there and yeah, maybe find a, a he's trying to see you ship to California. <laughs> miss all of hey, that's true, dude. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I love that. I love that. UCLA is a great campus too. It is. Beautiful campus. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you again to Alfie for, for taking some time to chat with us. Uh, such a great conversation. Loved just learning more about him and, you know, his personal life. And then also learning about his volleyball journey too, that, you know, a lot of things I I didn't know about. And, uh, I think that's one of my favorite parts about this podcast is just learning more about our guests and hopefully letting our listeners learn more about our guests too, uh, so that when they do see them coaching or playing, you know, on TV that they maybe can draw a little bit, you know, some personal connection. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just throw some fun facts to to Uh the, to the other people watching with you. There you go. (laughs) But thank you again to Alfie. Uh, So great catching up with you. And hopefully we get to see you very soon down the road too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right. Think with that being said, What's up, the van with Steve on? <laughs> upcoming events. What you got for us? Divide uh, Steve on that. That's like a year old now. Like that started at ABC last year. Correct? It did, right? Did yeah. Wow, wow. That's I think so. Day. It was. Wow. I think it was written on my coffee cup. <laughs> they wrote. <laughs> yeah, they wrote. Yeah, Steve right? Or uh-huh. something. Like that. <laughs> you go, that's what you made. Wow. Uh, 
That's fun. Time flies. Both are fine. I know that doesn't feel that first that ago. 20 year 2001 comment. Now you're talking about a year ago with the coffee <laughs> cup. Man, good times. Good times. Great times. Great times. <laughs> but yeah, as we discussed at the top of the show, the NCAA D1 Women's Volleyball Championship is underway. First and second round matches begin November 30th through December 2nd, with regional play continuing the following week, December 7th through the 9th. So stay tuned to NCAA.com for updates. The Mountain Classic Boys National Qualifier on December 1st through the 3rd in Denver, Colorado. We're excited to be on site for that. Uh, and good luck, Clarence, to you and your team competing at the events. Uh, thank you. Thank yeah, any thank any you. shout outs, any words before you before you get started there? <clears throat> That's the first half. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> We're very excited. Um, I got. I have a really special team. Like I, I, they. First of all, they 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 gel together like off the court. This is a. Re- I really have a team of brothers, and they don't understand their true potential. Okay, I have, I have a middle and outside, a middle and two outsides, and almost a few other people who are basically chest over the net every time they hit. I have a, a libero who used to set for you know the team last year, and he's playing a new position and playing out of his mind, and it's just. They're only a 16th team. We only play 17, 18 team oh, wow. with the, um, you know, with the Rocky Mountain regions, um, power, boys power high school stuff, the way it's set up. So I'm really excited for them to play with some noise, to make some noise and play with some confidence there too. We're in a 16 open slash USA division. They've combined a division. So best of luck to us there. But, um, yeah, you'll see how crazy I get on the sideline and you'll see how, how this group of, how this group of boys can really make some noise this year. I think we're the, the eighth overall seats are right in the middle of the pack. So we'll uh we'll go from there. First year I'm coaching boys ever. And it's been very special and exciting. And uh I'm excited for a first national qualifier. I'm not excited to be coaching and then also working. So if we, we play the PM Oh, you're working too. Okay. We play in the AM wave, then I'll also be working PM wave too. So I'll be at the convention center all day. So let's stop by on the so. clock. Yeah, but I'm very excited that like basically the whole Marcom creative department is also able to go to the tournament too. I think here in our backyard, I think you guys are going to be able to do some really special things creatively, content wise, just coverage and just overall support. And um, I think uh, I think it's much needed for you guys to um, just get out to an event, have fun, you know, have fun and go with it. Yeah, we're all looking forward to it. We had a planning meeting right before this, so we're getting excited and, and geared up nice. for that. But yeah, good luck to you and your squad. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited mm-hmm. to watch you, too. Wait, I've seen the pictures. 9 a.m. on court six. Go. I've seen the pictures of you coaching and getting <laughs> getting excited, jumping around, so I'm excited to see it in person. It's going to be a lot of fun. So animated. <laughs> we'll get some good content out of that, too. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, continuing on, on December 2nd, there will be an NTDP Beach Accelerator in Honolulu, Hawaii. Good luck and congratulations to all participants and shout out to the Aloha region for hosting that event. You think they need help there? I know we're supposed to be a Mountain Classic, but do, should we? I think, I don't we, think should, we should wait. We mentioned it on the podcast. I think we, and I don't, we haven't gotten any, no one's reached out to us. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> mm, I yeah, let's follow up on that. Do they need help in Hawaii? I would love. We'll need, yeah, we'll need to make. We'll need to get our people to to uh, to talk to their people. <laughs> but over on the beach, we have the North Texas Mad Sand National Qualifier, December second through the third in Plano, Texas, and the SSOVA Saint Pete Beach Regional Qualifier, December third in Saint Pete Beach, 
Florida. More details in all upcoming events can be found at usavolleyball.org. Now, on to the pro side of things. We have the Beach Pro Tour Challenge November 30th and November 3rd in the Philippines. After that, we have the Narcissus. December 3rd. I said 30th. Damn it. No, no, you said November 30th through November 3rd. <laughs> Did I say that? All right. <laughs> You're going to restart here. All right. Three, two. That Thanksgiving break really threw us all. You did, man. <laughs> not, you know. All right. <clears throat> now, on the pro side of things, we have the Beach Pro Tour Challenge on November 30th through December 3rd in the Philippines. Up next after that, we have the Norseka U23 Beach Tour from December 11th through the 15th in Wandolio, Dominican Republic. Good luck to all our national team athletes competing in those events. I'm so happy that I was able to pronounce every name easily because sometimes they are a challenge. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Only a couple events too, like at the end of the season here. You know, I forget, you know, we are, I mean, you know, we get heavy on the indoor, light on the beach and so-and-so here and whoop-de-woo there, whatever it is to you, but <laughs> we got you covered no matter what. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Remember, listeners, you can rate and review, share with friends, family, teammates. It really helps this podcast grow and reach new listeners and hopefully get us out to Hawaii very soon. Uh, check out our video episodes on our website and YouTube. And thank you for your continued support. Do you know a club that should be featured or a story you'd like us to share? You can email us at the USAB show at usav.org. Leave us feedback and let us know how we're doing and about any future topics that you'd like to hear about. New episodes drop every other week. And until next time, you're listening to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. This has been the USA Volleyball Show with Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Produced by Curtis Ward. Our content producer is Laura Fawcett. Our marketing lead is Bree Jaycox. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.